When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way. And Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, the Horn. Into a brand new work week, we plunge, I say, a new work week. I always had the caveat there for some of you, Monday may only be Wednesday. It might be Thursday. It might even be Friday for you. Good, for, good on you if that's the case, if it works out that way. But for a large number of us, Monday means the start of a new week. Now, having said that, today is a federal holiday. Happy Juneteenth to you. If you are getting to take the day off, good on you, and uh, hope you enjoy the holiday. Welcome to Light the Tower on the Horn, 104.9, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. My name is Craig Way. Glad to have you with us. Jeff Howe, uh, continuing his vacation, has another week to go on his vacation, so he'll be out this week. And, of course... um, He'll be back a week from today. Um, uh, this is uh, the last week for me before I take my annual sabbatical, as I call it, the annual uh, vacation, and I'll be gone just a little over two weeks, and it'll lead right into Big 12 football media days, and that's when we crank it all up again. And from the Texas perspective, the final time that the Longhorns will participate in a Big 12 football media days as they get ready to enter their final year as a member of the Big 12 Conference, Texas and Oklahoma both. So uh, that'll come after that. So anyway, uh, we head on into uh, what for many of us winds up being uh, the vacation time of year. And for others, those of you who are uh, battling through it, uh, as we all are this week anyway, the toiling in the uh, in the heat and the sun, do be careful. Hope you're uh, you're hydrating properly and that you're also trying to stay cool. I try to hydrate. Now, I say that as I hold a cup of coffee in my hand, and that's not hydrating, but but I do have a bottle of water for those of you viewing on Twitch, so I've got that too, so I'm trying to do that. Our producer is Cameron Parker, who uh, usually has more than one beverage container at his fingertips, and it looks like uh, you've checked that box today. I'm seeing the the... The requisite station issue styrofoam cup, mm-hmm. which I would imagine is filled with the requisite station issue uh, cup of coffee. Is that right? That's correct. Black coffee and some water to get my day started. Okay. So you drink your coffee black. I've just started to 
drink it black. Really? Yeah. And you're getting hardcore, dude. It, it's tough. Not going to lie, it's tough. But uh, I'm trying to get away from dairy, as me and Ty Henderson were talking about just before the show. Okay. All right. So no dairy for you and no sweetener of any kind? Just the zero-calorie Splenda bullcrap that you put in. <laughs> For those of us who don't like those types of sweeteners, we will chuckle and agree with you. And then you've got a tumbler over there. A, yeah, a, 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 just my ice water. Okay, see? So that's trying good. To, trying to hydrate, Craig. You know, yeah, yeah. 105, 105 degrees today. Yeah. Play some golf later, so I got I got to make sure you know my hydration le- levels are tip top. Well, I I came in. I was thinking about this this morning about the 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 coffee and the water, and it can be dangerous this time of year if you're not properly hydrating and all that other kind of stuff. So um, it came into my mind: what do all of us do if we do anything consciously to eat or drink? Um, better for us. Not even necessarily just about the heat, although that's definitely a, a consideration. I mean, it, it, um, what what measures do you take? Is it portion control? Is it non-processed foods? Is it just no fast food? Is it uh, you know? Is it uh, no red meat? Do you go vegan? Are you completely lacto-ovo vegan? Are you, you know, what measures do you take to try to consume uh, your food and beverages with an eye toward your health? More so just try and stay away from fast food and, like, late night. Says the guy who loves McDonald's. Yeah, that's true. But maybe once a month. I've limited limited. Really? Yeah. I salute you. Just uh, whenever I'm feeling... Like I want to be a cheater. Yeah. Well, you, it's usually it. late at night. I'll swing by the drive-thru. Okay. All right. So that that's my question. I was thinking about this this morning when I was driving in and I'm stopping at uh, Starbucks to get a coffee. I was thinking, you know, I, I need to make sure I'm hydrating and drinking water. And like I said, I've got my water with me too. And I will. I'll drink that during the course of the show. But it got me to thinking, what, you know, what, what way uh, by what we're consuming, the, the intake, are we trying to help ourselves if it's an individualistic thing and nobody's coming down on anybody at least not me at least of all me because uh you know i've got my own journey i got to travel with that to try to get better but uh if if you want to share with us on the specs text line at 337-3776-512-337-3776 you're you're walking for example somebody says i rid my diet of wheat not easy. Yeah. See, I like wheat bread and I like cuz I think I like I, I like eating that better than I do white bread. Supposedly wheat better bread mm-hmm. or whole grains is supposedly better for you, supposedly. Yeah. You know, so I don't if I go sometimes to a bagel place and there's several different ones, you know, Einstein's and Burgers and all those all those uh, you know, uh, bagel places, if I if I get a bagel every now and then, I, I like to get a whole wheat one. I won't get just a plain white bread um, bagel, but, you know, I, I, I can understand somebody wanting to rid their diet of wheat. Somebody else said, I go to the grocery store every day, and, and to grocery store every day, cook most of your own meals. Less ingredients, the better. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Somebody else, low carb. Yeah. Makes sense. 
Uh, our good friend pooped eleven times in one day is the uh, is the uh, Twitter. Uh, or excuse me, the uh, the text ID on him it says, "I drank my coffee black." Oh man, now this is hardcore. Occasionally with some Maker's Mark. Oh, well, Irish whiskey. Okay, <laughs> Irish coffee for over a decade now. And once you acquire, I think it means uh, the taste for black coffee. Yeah, it's tough. Th- that sweet stuff doesn't just doesn't taste good anymore. But it takes some time to get accustomed. I would imagine, and I've done black coffee before, but it just didn't. Doesn't do it enough for me, so I do have a little bit of cream and a little bit of sugar in mine, but that I always drink it that way. Um, but I know a lot of people have it black with a little bit of sugar or mm-hmm. black. I've, I know people have it with a little bit of cream but no sugar or milk or 2% with no sugar. I'm married to a person who uh, drinks only fat-free milk. That's all she'll drink. I'd, it's That's a little too watery for me if I'm having a bowl yeah. of cereal. I'd rather have 2%. If I'm going to do that. I just switched from whole milk to oat milk. How's don't that know. going? It actually tastes pretty good. It's okay. But I don't know if there's any, you know, health benefits of it. I just know the reason why I got off of just milk is because I've noticed I just my stomach's felt meh. I, I drink a lot yeah. of usually I have creamer in my coffee. Yeah. A lot of protein shakes. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just try a month without it. And I, I do notice that I feel a lot better. Feel better? Yeah. Good. But man, I would as Justin Thomas speaking of golf that yeah. Aaron Hogan was talking about. And J- we will be in a JT's moment. JT's on. He's on this weird diet, and he said like two weeks ago that I would kill to have a pizza with ranch right now. I would kill for some coffee creamer, Craig. Not gonna lie, something a little sweetener because yeah. this black coffee. I mean, if it takes ten years to get used to it, oh boy, I'm in. I'm in for a long. You may. You may have a difficult time on that. Somebody said no gravy, Craig. Yeah, violated that last night. Ooh. Oh, it's Sunday. It's cheat day. I, it was Father's Day. I had a chicken yeah. steak. So, yeah. I did, but but I never did say I was going to swear off grief. That was a <laughs> tough one to do. But you're probably right. I probably shouldn't do that. Uh, Victor says, eating more zucchini is very good mm. for you. Victor, I believe you. Love You'll zucchini. never get me to do it. Um, you're not, not a big zucchini guy? Well, I'm allergic to squash, regular squash. Oh, okay. So uh-huh. that's, that's in the family, right? Uh, it, yes, it is. Lynn and I had this discussion slash debate the other night about what vegetables I like and which ones I don't like. And she said, you know, I think you dislike more than you like. And I said, no, 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 wait a minute. Let me count them up. And it was really close. I mean, really close. Like, I I love green peas and spinach. And I'm okay as far as green vegetables go, green peas, spinach, uh, asparagus. That's about it for me on okay. green vegetables. Can't do broccoli because I was allergic. To, I just hate the smell and taste mm-hmm. of it. Uh, no cauliflower, no uh, no Brussels sprouts. Uh, squash is really kind of you know it's a pumpkin. It's a, it's really more a thing. But we we put it in there and counted on that. I wouldn't wouldn't do that. I don't like turnips, rutabagas, that kind of stuff. Beets. But uh, no beets. That's another one, Lynn. If you're listening, yeah, beets. We should. I, I did. I forgot to leave that one. I forgot to cross that one off the list. So now it's probably even, or or I maybe I had two or three more that I liked. But but I do like a, a, a lot of other vegetables. I love tomatoes, and and uh, although I know technically tomatoes a fruit, but but we count it in amongst our vegetables. I like cucumbers and celery mm-hmm. and lettuce. I like all all of that, and those are all green. I like those. Uh, we were talking about you ever eat ants on a log and your kid, the celery oh, stick yes. with the peanut butter and the raisins. 
That's an elementary school staple, right? Yeah, it your is. Mom would always pack. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I was thinking about that. Do you do, do, you do things, uh, eating or drinking, whatever, to try to at least to make a rational attempt to uh, help yourself out? Somebody says a vanilla protein shake with coffee instead of creamer. Now that sounds like something you could do. I've done that before, and I'm in the bathroom within the first five minutes. Wow. Okay. Uh, watercress, a highly underrated vegetable. You know what? I like watercress, so I could add that to the list. So he said, Father's Day was a killer German chocolate cake, my favorite. Yeah. Uh, somebody said, Cam, Chobani makes a great oat coffee Ooh. creamer. So that might be what that you need right there. Perfect. Somebody said, it doesn't take that long to get used to it. A month maybe about that, but that sort of – somebody else, my buddy drinks his espresso black like his heart's his words. <laughs> you know, uh, our good friend uh, David Garrett, who um, the one-time voice of the Dallas Cowboys and New Orleans Saints, and he is my road producer now that he's in his uh, retirement years. He's, a, he's my road producer and engineer on Longhorn men's basketball games. Um, if I'm rolling up on his place to pick him up, like uh, we're going to Stillwater to do a game or whatever, and I'm going to Starbucks, I know what he wants if he wants one, so I'll just text it. Triple espresso. Mm. That's what he gets. You, you know, and I'll go whatever and get, like this morning, a hazelnut latte or whatever, but I'll, I'll pick him up a triple espresso. That thing goes down pretty quick for him. He's he's big on that. I, I've just started to get into espresso, but, like, I can't. Like I'll do it like once, two weeks. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Triple espresso. Wow. The triple espresso. You know, we we had a we had a program director, great guy, uh over at the other place we worked, uh, named Chuck Meyer. Monkey Chuck, they called him. He's the one that got Jim Rohn to come and do a tour stop at nice. at Dell Diamond and all that. Uh, Chuck Meyer, great guy. But you talk about hardcore, a guy who grew up in Pittsburgh and was a inveterate two pack a day smoker, and then he would get when he would go to Starbucks or someplace, he would get. Uh, and I think those who drink these kinds of things would know if I if I'm off track on this. What's called a black eye, which is black coffee with like four shots of espresso Good in it. Good guy, <laughs> a guy who had a constitution of cast iron. That was him. Uh, Legalize it. Said I did chocolate chips instead of raisins on the log. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would like that. Uh, so much, or you can drink the coffee like. My wife, three-fourths of a cup of coconut creamer with a splash of coffee. I know that. would say There's some folks that like a little coffee to go with their creamer. When I was a kid, uh, and I go to visit my grandmother in Asheboro, North Carolina. That's, oh, that's okay. where my dad was yeah. from. Do you go to the zoo a lot? Uh, I'd been. I've been to the zoo. That's where the North Carolina Zoological Park is. They're in Asheboro. Uh, that's where my dad was from. And it's about 30 miles south of Greensboro. And uh, my grandfather ran a grocery store there, Way Grocery, for 55 years in, wow. in Ashboro. Yeah, he did. And uh, my grandmother, she'd make breakfast. We'd go down on the weekend, and she would make us a quote-unquote cup of coffee. Like that, And it was like, you know, three-fourths of it was like milk. Chocolate milk. Yeah, yeah. with a little bit of coffee. It would be coffee, but it would have like three-fourths of it was milk in there with with the cream. So, yeah. Somebody said, my coffee comes in a Coke can, says Bizarro Dale does. You and Roger Wallace. Sounds like it. Roger, big diet Coke guy. Where were uh, Roger and I? We were in, was it Big 12 or was it in Miami? We were in one of, one of the places. It was Miami, I think it was. Yeah, we were in Miami, uh, Coral Gables, for the Coral Gables Regional. And Roger knows that I do not like 
diet sodas because I don't like the taste. The aftertaste gets me. I, I, just, I, I just don't like them. But some people can drink. He drinks them a lot during a game. Bill Shunning would just slam Diet Cokes during the course of a game broadcast. Probably still does it. Uh, did it when we were working together on the Texas games. And there in the uh, press box, in the drink box there for all the media, were some cans of Coke Zero. And I thought, you know what? I'll try it. You know, I hadn't bought any of the story everybody's talking about. I tried it. Roger goes, what are you doing there? He goes, did you get that by accident? I said, no, no, I just want to try it. I opened it. I took one sip and went, yep, not happening. <laughs> I just couldn't get past it. And I, and I know those who are veterans of those types of sodas, they can taste the difference and can say, hey, yeah, it's got more Coke taste to it or more Pepsi taste when you have that, the zero ones and all that kind of stuff. Not me. Or the Dr. Pepper. Uh, I mentioned Dave Garrett. He's a big diet Dr. Yep. Pepper guy. You know, so uh, the Dr. Pepper, zero sugars, all of those. I just, I can't get, I can't get with that. And so I try to, you know, do a, a coffee and water, a lot of that. If I'm going to drink soda, I'm just going to get, I'm going to go all in. I'm just going to drink the regular yeah, soda. The regular leaded. Uh, so he said, my stepdad will make a pot of coffee before bed, wait till it cools down, have a cup, go to sleep, wake up and drink the pot from the night before cold. Wow. Again, that's hard. I, I I am to the point in my life now where if I do drink coffee at night, it will keep me up. It used to never. I could drink two, three cups of coffee if I was up in the evening, whatever, and just sleep like a rock. No more. Can't, can't do that. Somebody said, no matter how you look at it there, they're all just habits. It's up to you on which ones you want, want and try not to be weak. I agree. Uh, somebody else said, my mama would make me a coffee. Same way. Lots of sugar. Yeah, the cream and sugar. Best Army coffee ever. M-O-A-C. 24 ounces. Hot or iced. Mother of all coffees. M-O-A-C. Our house blend coffee with four shots. Okay. Good to know that. And Summer Moon serves up a red eye with the plain reference. Yep, I've heard that. Um, Dan, Campbell, Dan Campbell supposedly drinks those four espressos every day. Yep. They said that when um, um, his name escapes me now, I can't believe it. Uh, the the I'm just completely drawn a blank. The head coach won the national championship at LSU. He was at Ole Miss prior. Um, gosh, Les Miles? No, no. The, the, uh, the most recently, you know, KJ Ed oh, Orgeron. Ed Orgeron. Ed Orgeron. Yes, that he would slam like five Red Bulls before every game. I, I believe it too. Yeah. First, go out there and do that. You know, uh, we couldn't do that. So, anyway, so there it is. All right, here's somebody. Hey, here's our winner today. Uh, it took 16 minutes for somebody to be impatient about me talking about food or whatever. Saying is it trade doing it? <laughs> <laughs> you win. You win today. Uh, <laughs> so, um, anyway, that was that was just a point of reference that came up with that. We obviously veered off uh, down the road on stuff. So. If you if have something that you're trying to do, trying during the summertime to uh, whether, like the one texter said, habits, change a habit or a portion control or something you drink or eat personally, uh, you know, however you're, you're trying to do it, that's fine. You can weigh in with that. Okay. To the U.S. Open. And uh, you're wearing your master shirt today. Mm-hmm. Uh, were you pleased... From stem to stern, with the way the court, the golf course played. Now, for folks that don't know, it was only uh, it was the first time in seventy-five years 
Uh, they played the U.S. Open in Los Angeles. Yeah. And uh, the, the, it's a couple of 75-year anniversaries. One I was doing for the uh, Lee Johnson Ford Return of the Week. Uh, no, no, no. It wasn't even for that. It was just for uh, today's, this afternoon's uh, Craig Wave report about the College World Series because the College World Series it started 75 yeah. years ago. And there's only been one number four seed to win the whole thing, Fresno State, in 2008. There have only been two number four seeds over the history of the – since they went to the 60-14 bracket – and the double elimination, uh, the, uh, the 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 super regional format with a sixty fourteen bracket in the best of three thing. Um, since they went to that, there have only been two number four seeds even make it to Omaha, Fresno State, which won in two thousand eight, and Stony Brook, mm-hmm. which I believe was twenty fourteen. Yeah, uh, th- those are the only ones that have made it until this year. Or Roberts, now. In order for ORU to win the national title, uh, to join Fresno as the only number four seed to win, they're going to have to do it the hard way after losing the the tough uh, game with Florida last night. Had their chances too, which also featured only the second inside the park home run hit in College World Series history. That's a and the other guy who'd done it was on the telecast, Chris Burke yeah. from Tennessee. So uh, so that was a 75-year thing. And then, yeah, you have this U.S. Open. It was the uh, U.S. Open for the first time in 75 years in L.A. and uh, and held at the Los Angeles Country Club. So what did you think of the golf course first, the way it was set up for the players? Because uh, we always – whenever we have a U.S. Open, it is always, always the most talked about element is the golf course going in, how it's set up by the USGA, uh, the, the primary rough, the secondary, the hard rough, uh, the, the, the things that are out of play, in play, uh, you know, a Brooks Kepka on record, your guy. <laughs> mm, <laughs> I yeah. said that tongue-in-cheek. That didn't like the golf course. He said there were too many blind shots yeah. off of that. I know a lot of golfers probably shared that sentiment with him, but I think it's directly proportional to how, you, how well you played Yeah, as well. So, Anytime you have a brand-new course – Craig, that you put into a major championship, players are always going to hate it, no matter what. They're always going to come out. They're going to dislike it. Personally, for me, going into it, I like the course a lot. Um, I think it's something different. I'm not a big fan of the golf courses where you just hit it as far as you can, and that's it. The Wingfoot, the Bethpage Blacks, those mm-hmm. type of courses where you just have you just grow up the rough, and it's like, well, if you miss the fairway, you're probably making bogey if you're in the fairway. You know, yeah. 500 yard par fours. Don't like that. Now, for this course, there was a little bit of it, but also you had much wide, wider fairways. But I also I didn't like the way the USGA set up the course until I think the Friday afternoon. And a lot of that was there was no wind, so that didn't help the course at all. And I think they were kind of afraid. Uh, they they made Thursday a little bit too easy. We saw the first time in championship history a pair of 62s in the first round: Ricky Fowler and Xander Shoffley. And there was a 63 yesterday from Tommy Fleetwood, who also did the same thing at Shinnecock Hills. Mm-hmm. He had a, a, had a great look for a 62. And he said he was about as disappointed yesterday as he was when he did it at Shinnecock, yeah. thinking that he left meat on the bone. Yeah. But I think over the weekend it heated up, and I enjoyed the golf. I, I did like it. Um, as Jeff Mudd just, po- uh, just pointed out, Wyndham Clark's um, tee shot, I mean – that thing was off the planet, and it still somehow stayed in the fairway. And you could argue that the, that the fairway in 18 should have been a lot shorter. Um, kind of a benign closing hole. 
But overall, Craig, I, I enjoyed the tournament. I enjoyed the course. I enjoyed the finish. Um, it was awesome to see Wyndham Clark, who a lot of people probably had no idea who he was until this week. And I ha- scarcely had heard of him. Yeah. I mean, I had heard of him, you know, but had. I mean, obviously he won earlier this yeah, year. Yeah, won at Crow Hollow. That, that might have been the first time I'd heard of him when he won in Charlotte. And for good reason. I mean, the last four years, uh, his best finish in the major championship was T-76. He missed the cut of the PGA Championship this year, but he, he's been on a, a heater, but he had not been able to do it during the major championships, and he did it. He had Roy McIlroy at his heels. He had Scotty Scheffler, Ricky Fowler, all trying to come after him, and he held on to his credit. He had a huge birdie on Saturday to get into that final group after making a really good up and down for bogey on 17. And, and yesterday, just every time you kind of thought that was it for him, he would come back and either make a very clutch par or come back with birdie. And so I really enjoyed the tournament. I, I was pulling for Rory and Scotty. Mm-hmm. Scotty just, uh, I mean, as couldn't make him, he, couldn't make putts. Something's going on with the putter. He's yeah. got a, he's in his head with the, with the putting. I mean, he had a couple looks that weren't even close to the hole, not even lip outs. And then Rory, kind of the same story as St. Andrews last year, Craig, where he just kind of was stuck in neutral. And unlike St. Andrews, where that was a back nine where you could turn it on like Cam Smith did, this was a course that. You really needed to turn it on in the front nine, mm-hmm. go after in the front nine, and just hold on for the, for the back nine. He just couldn't do it. He shot a 70, even par, made one birdie. That was the opening hole. But uh, big congrats to Wyndham Clark, and he has certainly arrived. Um, did you like the primetime nature of oh, it? Oh, I loved it. You were you were on board with Saturday oh, yeah. night and Sunday it. evening yeah. golf then. Yeah. Did, did you like it? Yeah, I, well – I was coming back. I got back in time to watch probably the back nine on Saturday because uh, I did the boom paw thing. I did the the grandparent thing. I went up to the Metroplex Friday. Linda and I did my youngest grandchild, granddaughter, turned two, and we had a little. Mm-hmm. And so my daughter and son-in-law they had a little birthday party for Ruthie on uh, on uh, Friday, and then Saturday morning. It was Saturday morning swim meet for the oldest grandchild, Theo, who's seven, and he had a swim meet uh, over at North Lake College in Irving, one of my four institutions of higher education. Uh, Went over there for that. And then we took Gideon, the second oldest son, to the Rangers game. Oh, nice. So we went yesterday? Saturday. Okay. To to Rangers Jays on Saturday. So we did that. And so then after the game, we came home. Uh, Linda and I drove home. And got back Saturday evening and, and got back in time for the back nine. So uh, saw that. And I was also watching the College World Series yeah. with what was going on. But I did watch and then watch it again yesterday. So, uh, yeah, I, I liked it. I You know, it takes you a little out of habit. Uh, older guys like me, and, and Bucky will say this as well, the, the uh, Sunday golf, maybe less so about the major championships because we're more dialed in, but Sunday golf – is great for chilling on the couch, and yeah, you do fall asleep, you doze, and then you wake up, and the guy's made the turn or whatever. Or he's, uh, you know, you missed a couple of holes, but he made par on both. So you don't feel like you missed much. That happens a lot, like on Sundays. Yeah. Um, but you know, it was also a different kind of Father's Day for me, in that uh, since moving into the lead play-by-play chair for Texas in 2001, the 0102, uh, starting with 0102 basketball, and inclusive of baseball, in 22 years of that, uh, I've been in Omaha for 12 Father's Days, 
and I've been down here for 10. It's that close a split. Uh, uh, 10 for Texas and 2 for Westwood 1. Actually, and that, those came after Father's Day now that I think about it. So it's really about even between the two, uh, maybe a little more to being at home uh, for that. Maybe it was 12, 10, uh, 12 Father's Days down here and 10 up there because of the success the Longhorn baseball program had. So I'd gotten accustomed to watching Sunday in the U.S. Open uh, in the hotel or in the broadcast booth while getting ready to call a Sunday night game that Texas might be playing in, or in the case of last year, Sunday afternoon. So, uh, so it's a little bit. It's been a little bit different for me, but all my kids obviously weighed in and all that other kind of stuff. And which getting back to our original conversation, my daughter sent me a gift card for Starbucks. There you go. <laughs> I do as we get back to uh, uh, the coffee conversation as well. All right, um, Jim from Lago Vista asking: Is Spieth ever going to find his winning strokes? I think Jordan is playing golf shot and not golf right now. Um, I will say the, the British Open is played at Hoylake. Yep. And that's a course where you do not need driver. Yeah. So um, I'm always going to be bullish on Spieth, but he needs – he's not playing this week. And he's Travelers. always and, – and since he's come on the scene, he's always played well at the Open Championship. Yeah. He's so, always played well over there. Uh, I'm hopeful for him this year. Apparently on Thursday after his second shot, uh, he turned to Michael Greller and said, I don't have it today. It's going to be a long day. So for a guy that's already quit at a U.S. Open on your second tee box, that's a little concerning. So whatever's going on with Jordan, I know he's had the wrist injury. Could be a lot else going off the cor- at the course. Take these next two, three weeks off and just – his irons were awful, Craig, and usually he's a very good iron player. Absolutely. So go back to what you were good at, and hopefully hopefully, uh, Hoy Lake will be a, a great tournament for him because it sure sets up well. Our friend Tom McKay. Audiovisual consultation says, I was just happy to see live golfers do worse than than previous majors and hope that continues. Of course, you had a live golfer win the last major yeah. with Kepka doing. So we'll see how it happens uh, overseas with that. Uh, by the way, uh, Tom had said, can you imagine me on caffeine, just milk in the morning and water the rest of the day? And, and Tom is one of the most, I want to make sure I that people understand me when I say this. Tom McKay is one of the most naturally high people I've ever met. And when I mean the natural high, no, 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 no chemicals of any kind. Mm-hmm. He's just, uh, he, he's just a vibrant personality during the course of the day. And like he said, he didn't do any, he didn't do any caffeine, no coffee, milk in the morning, water the rest of the day. Good on that. Somebody else said, Hey, 1500 calories a day. Don't eat after five and only drink water and down 41 pounds. See, now that's, that's smart. That's that's some smart stuff. Um, so, uh, Bizarro, Dale Dudley had said uh, in um, TDC we would add Jolly Ranchers and Fireballs to our coffee. Good stuff. Uh, and CB said, I remember when we first moved to Austin in 1991 at Barton Creek Mall, they had the Pepsi Challenge. If you could see whether it's Pepsi or Coke back then, I couldn't tell the difference. Now it's not close. Uh, Coke all day, Pepsi is gross. I disagree, but here's here's the thing about that Pepsi challenge. For me, it wasn't an issue about what you liked better, Coke or Pepsi. For me, I could always taste the difference. There was a, there was this one sketch in the old uh, one scene in the old All in the Family um, uh, series where the guy known as Meathead, Michael Steve, Michael Stivic, uh, who's played by Rob Reiner, sits down at the table. And he says he can tell the difference between Coke, Pepsi, and RC. And so they lay down, he kind of swishes, and then he goes, Coke, Pepsi, RC. And he's got him nailed. 
I can do that. I can do that. You can do, and you can tell the difference between Coke and a Pepsi. For there's sure, a, yeah. there's a difference between it. I like all of them. That's that's the thing. I, I the, the 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 soft drinks. I don't like. I, I've never liked root beer, so I don't like that. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I just never have. Uh, but most other ones, I at least like the taste. I don't drink a lot of. Uh, I, I try not to drink a lot of other carbonated, caffeinated beverages. But we do have some in the house, and occasionally I like a. Um, uh, a Coca-Cola or the H-E-B brand because mm-hmm. it's pretty close to it on the taste, the formula taste on that. Cheerwine was my go-to. There it up. is. There it is, says the North Carolinian. Had to get it in. Had to get it when in. I, when I leave, when I get up there next week on my vacation, yeah, there'll be a Cheerwine. Look it up if you haven't heard of it. There's actually good news, Craig, because apparently Bojangles is getting ready to break ground on a location in Round Rock. So You're kidding, really? Not, yeah. Okay. Hopefully they'll have Cheerwine uh, being served there. That'd Hopefully it's the good stuff. Yeah. The real cheer wine on that. Uh, and, and you can get it, by the way, at like a mm-hmm, Specs yeah. and some of the other places at a little more elevated cost uh, to get it if you want it. Uh, okay, uh, coming up, we're going to have our Longhorn Notebook. We'll continue to take your uh, your submissions on the Specs text line at 337-3776. CB says, I don't drink coffee, never liked it. Good on you, CB, that you stayed away from it. Um I don't know what this is. Do you? Uh, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll profess ignorance. Manjaro? No idea. Okay. It says take Manjaro once a week and lift weights. Down 35 pounds, up 15 pounds Ooh. of muscle. Okay. Yeah. Is that so, like the uh, knockoff creatine? Or I guess maybe. And so he said Pepsi is sweeter. Yep. Up north they drink Pepsi. Yeah, it's a big – Pepsi's a big winner in New York City. It's been a marketing winner for years, Pepsi is, for whatever reasons up, up, up there. Even though Pepsi began in Charlotte. That's where it was created, just like Coca-Cola was created uh-huh. in Atlanta. Both were southern drinks. Sounds like Munjaro is what helps treat type 2 diabetes, but oh, also helps okay. out with weight loss. Good. Oh, like like Ozempic, like, like, like those things going on. Yeah. I get it. I understand. I understand that now. Uh, <laughs> I drink soda one a day, uh, water the rest of the time. In Austin, it was, it was only soda, barely water. Well, see... CB, living in the Pacific Northwest has done you well. All right. When we come back, we'll have our Longhorn Notebook. Uh, and uh, we do have Inconceivable today. We'll get to that. Um, I'm, I'm also, uh, Cam is a huge follower of the NBA. So what's Cam's thoughts on that Bradley Beal trade that apparently is uh, going to happen? So we'll, we'll get his thoughts on that as well. And we'll take more of uh, your submissions, like the one who just texted in. In Chicago, they drink Pepsi as well. So... Uh, we'll take uh, more of your offerings. What are you? And, and you may not. You may not. Uh, you know, uh, trying to do something that, uh, especially in this heat, to take a little bit better care of yourself. How would you do it? You know, if you were to do it. So, uh, uh, are you? You know, cutting down on your calories or your or your portion control or your or your uh, processed food intake. All those kinds of things. We'll continue with light the tower on the horn. 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Light the Tower with Craig Way and Jeff Howe.
Hope you're feeling all right on this uh, Monday. Thank you to uh, the texter who did correct me and say Pepsi actually started in New Bern, North Carolina, not in Charlotte. They moved the headquarters to Charlotte, but it did not. It came from New Bern. Said I was stationed in Cherry Point, Havelock. Yep, know that area very well. In fact, I have a brother, my younger brother, who's retired Air Force, who lives in, and this text will know exactly where I'm talking about. It's a little community called Arapahoe, and it's right near uh, the, uh, the, there's a, a ferry that goes across the Pamlico River nearby there, uh, over there. And I, I've been down that way and obviously been out uh, uh, through, uh, down to Moorhead City and over to Cape Lookout and, and many times over there. So Pepsi actually started in a drugstore in Newburn. So it's good, uh, nice reminder there. Thank you very much. Uh, appreciate that. Um, right now, uh, let's uh, roll right into our Longhorn Notebook for this hour. Longhorn Notebook. Uh, the Longhorn Notebook uh, continued even with the academic and athletic school year in the books, as we know. Um, what's the old phrase about the two seasons in Texas? There's football season and spring football and all that kind of stuff, and, and we all no better, but it's an old, uh, an old uh, use phrase. But to support the whole thought process, the football is a year-round process in the state because of the importance of the lifeblood of itself. Recruiting, uh, Steve Sarkeesian and his staff continue to be recruiting war horses on the front. Uh, the Longhorns hosted twenty prospects from across the country on official visits over the weekend. They did get a pair of commitments on Saturday. Four-star defensive back prospect Santana Wilson from Scottsdale, Arizona, committed to the Longhorns from Desert Mountain High. He's the son of former uh, NFL All-Pro safety Adrian Wilson. Then yesterday, uh, wide receiver uh, Chris Jackson uh, getting his first commitment, San Antonio area kid out of Smithson Valley. Um, Freddie DuBose, who was at... Church Clemens, played at Church Clemens, then the Smithson, and suffered an ACL injury and and has come back from it. Uh, but he has he's committed as well uh, to the long run. So that's good. The good news there is that the beat goes on. For yeah. A lot of them. Uh, great weekend for, for Texas this past weekend. I'm going to plug, since Jeff is in here, get to horns247.com. Uh, some really good stuff on Horns 247 from last week, including on Micah Hudson's latest. I know a lot of Texas fans are very interested in Micah Hudson, and they had a one-on-one with him. And it sounds like 2023 season will have a huge, huge impact on where Micah decides to end up. At. Okay. All right. He's he's had good things to say about Texas, but he's had good things to say about other places yeah, as well. Yeah, for sure. And uh, there was some Twitter stuff today um, – that I, if a Texas fan, I urge you to ignore. But Micah Hudson caught wind of some um, un unnice things said about him on some on a message board that I I, I will not name. Okay, okay. Uh, well, the only thing I'd say about that sort of deal is, I would hope, I would hope that any prospect would be able to judge. A university and a football program on the merits merits of those two, of the school and of the football program, and not what 
fans on a message board would be saying 100%. about him. Yeah, 100%. And, and what you also hope is that uh, whatever advisors and people who uh, have his ear, be it his parents and or, uh, you know, other family advisors, would counsel him similarly, would say, you're going to find that on message boards supporting every single major football program in the country, mm-hmm. in the SEC, in the Big 12, in the Pac-12, in the in the Big 10, in the ACC, all of the Power 5 conferences. They're, they have very, very active message boards. And in large measure, a lot of that – that means it's it, it it can be good for the program because there's it generates great interest. It can also uh, be not good in that uh, fans who feel a little too invested in the program emotionally then might take it upon itself to say something or write something or tweet something or text something disparaging about a student athlete if he's just even considering another program. That's yeah. that's just silly. I you, you know, um, guys are going to make their decision on you know whatever they whatever they want to do, and there's no point in trashing a young man who might be considering going to another place. Yeah, just for for those, just act like an adult, right? I mean, imagine if there was a message board for him based on what you were doing at age 18. Yeah, it probably wouldn't be great, would it? And so for a kid right. who's considering other schools and some might be rivals of Texas, I mean, that's the whole point of recruiting, right? You want to go and you want to visit these other schools and see what's the best place for you to play at. Sure. you got to respect that. Absolutely. You don't need to, you know, harp on the kid and say negative things like, I don't want him to come here because he might go to this other school. And then it ends up on social media, and then he sees it and has to reply to it, and that's not a good look for university. But as you mentioned, Craig, it's happening on every single message board forum. So I think I'm, I think at this point I'm anti-message board forum, or at least the, <laughs> at least the idiots who who post stuff like that. Okay, you know I, I I tell Jeff I admire him at times because he has to deal with some of that stuff oh, in brutal. the chat rooms and things like that. That he has to he has to deal with that, and again, a large majority of this uh, is engendered by fans who really, really want the team to do well but then feel a little whatever, jilted or burned or not happy or whatever if if a if a four star prospect, let alone a five star, you know, is even considering another school. I mean, people got a right to consider what they want yeah. and and to do that. And uh so like somebody else said, please note you don't know what the motive is of the person placing uh, what a mouse can be is an anonymous message yeah. on a message board. So, it could be a, it could be an opposing fan that has an be. account. It and can that's, be. That's definitely happened before. It can be, and and uh, you know that's that's part of it. Uh, so <laughs> Longhorn and Lovett goes and Craig Tech fans posing as Longhorn fans. Hey, it, it it happens with every major program that they're going to be fans who pose as fans of an institution. And, and say things just to cast a negative light on a program. It happens with every program, every program. So uh, it, it's check your message boards for, for whatever program. It, it happens. It's a reality of it. And what you hope, as I mentioned, is that the student-athlete either is able to figure that out or 
receives the intel from family and friends and advisors saying, you do realize that a lot of this might not be genuine. It might be people who aren't actually mm-hmm. speaking in the interest of the program they really want to win. And even if they are, a lot of times it's people who are going to have no impact on your life and should have no impact on your decision to attend a university for uh, what you want to do, what you desire to do is your course of study and the football program, the coaching staff, and and uh, the program itself. Maybe so. they've had, you know, that's after their fourth gin and tonic where they decide to post that. <laughs> it happens. It, it it happens, and some people do it completely sober, but just might be mean-spirited about it. It it happens. And what you just hope is that uh, that the young man being able to, you know, sift through that, whatever school he's considering, that, you know, that he kind of takes all that into account. It happens. It's it's just It's just part of the deal. So, you know, somebody else asked anything on the baseball transfer portal. Well, what we know is – uh, Mitchell Daly put his name uh, into the portal, and for folks who and I, and I heard a lot of folks express some genuine shock out of that, as as someone who was around the program quite a bit this spring, I would not say that I was shocked about that. Uh, Mitchell had gone through some struggles this year. Remember, he was batting about two thirty at the or two twenty nine at the end of the season. Uh, did have some big hits. Had had the home run against Louisiana. Had a home run against Stanford. He did. He had some big hits. Uh, and and at one point, I don't think he wound up at 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 the end of it. But at one point, was leading the Longhorns and hitting an NCAA play in the regional and super regional combined. But also remember that he had lost his starting job at shortstop to Jalen Flores, and probably would not have regained his starting job had Tanner Carlson not broken his arm. Uh, to, to take him out of the postseason, which then moved Flores into the DH uh, and Daly back to the shortstop role because he'd been a little more experienced fielder. So, uh, But I do believe the coaching staff believes the future of that position is Jalen Flores at shortstop. So so that's why I say, and, and really and truly, even a guy with three years in the program, including his time as a starter, we should not be surprised when someone puts their name into the portal. We see it in all sports. We live in a different age now with what goes on with the transfer portal. It's a lot different than it was three years ago, certainly five years and beyond. But it, it, it's, it's always it's ever-evolving right now. And again, that's, that's the thing where the fan shouldn't take it personally on if, if a guy decides to leave one program. It's the same, it, it happens the other way. In addition to uh, Mitchell Daly leaving the program, Will Rigney, really talented right-hander, had uh, been uh, with the Baylor program the last three years, is transferring to Texas. Yeah, and for Will, his biggest thing is getting healthy and sta- or staying healthy because he's battled injuries uh, throughout his career. Um, but that's the, but you know you you get some, you lose some. You give some, you get some. You know that sort of thing. You lose some in the portal. It didn't take long for Coach Pierce to address the the pitching because I think going into this off season, what he does, everyone will be watching what he does in the portal when it comes to pitching, Craig. And I think he started yeah. off uh, on a great note by adding the right-handed from Baylor. You mentioned yep. he's he had a, a really good series against Texas, I believe, earlier this year, and I mm-hmm. think he's going to be a huge help 
the bullpen. Yeah, and, and I do agree with a texter here who says, say what you want about Mitch during the season with his struggles, but he never let it affect his approach. He came up with some good moments in the postseason. Could not agree with you more. In fact, um, when Mitch uh, was informed, and I talked about this on the air, Mitch has talked about it on the uh, in, in interview sessions. When he had the conversation with David Pierce when he said, I'm going to let Jalen start at shortstop, Mitch didn't pout. He didn't complain about it. He said, I just got to get better. He says, I, I, I've got to get better. And he had, a, he had a really good approach and a good attitude to it as all. So you, we wish him well. Good guy. And uh, and, uh, and and gave them some moments in the postseason. Totally agree uh, with that. I, I was presenting the numbers and the totality of the season and the situation in his case. So uh, we wish him well. We hope it goes well for him. All right, coming up. We'll have Inconceivable when we continue to light the tower. On the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Light the tower. Inconceivable. 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 You keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. Might have been inconceivable for some folks to think that the guy whose uh, best finish at the U.S. Open had been a tie for 76th. No kidding. Pass. But you know what? That happens in major championships sometimes, doesn't it? Well, the last five U.S. Open champions, Greg, have been first-time major championship winners. So, I mean, and and some of them are guys that you would expect or think that at some point it would happen for them down the road. This guy, I don't know that anybody thought that. Uh, On the flip side of that is a guy like Ricky Fowler, who probably has taken the mantle that our good friend Tom Kite, who lives here in the Austin area, had to wear for a long time, and it was best player not to win a major major, until Tom won it 31 years ago at Pebble Beach Mm -hmm. when he won the Open. So, you know, he's Ricky Fowler looked like he might have a shot. You you started to see some cracks in the armor happen down on 17 and 18 on Saturday when he struggled, and then on Sunday just never got going for him. Well, he putted his butt off Craig the entire week and that's why he was you know leading the tournament was because he was making outrageous putts and eventually the putter got cold and he kind of regressed to what he was playing at throughout the entire week but I would agree with you Ricky Fowler is probably top of the list of the player who's never won a major that you would think would have a major by now yeah that's true but good to see him back back in good form yeah uh okay uh let's go to inconceivable and uh we're gonna start with some travel story since we are after all getting to the vacation time of year jeff and his family i think are at disney world might run into my daughter julianne's down there right now sending back all kinds of star wars pictures she took a picture with the mandalorian and had uh nice yeah yeah and some other other stuff a millennium falcon and all that as well but anyway uh here's here's a travel oriented story and it's not necessarily about visiting Ireland. No, the folks in Ireland want you to move to Ireland, and they're willing to offer you up to $92,000 to relocate. Yeah, there's a catch or two. Where do I sign up at? Well, first of all, you have to do a, you have to do a couple of things. You have to buy property on one of their islands, okay? Hmm. Uh, it goes into effect July 1st. Ireland announced uh, a new scheme offering generous generous cash grants to people willing to move to approximately 30, one of the 30 islands of the country's west coast. 
but there are some prerequisites that have to be met. The Our Living Islands promotion offers up to $92,000 to people who want to move to these beautiful, sparsely populated islands, which are not connected to the mainland by bridges. They're cut off by the tides, so it's not the easiest access in the world. The options include Innismore, which was used as a filming location for the recent hit film uh, The Banshees of Isherin, okay. uh, as well as Aran Moor, which is rich in vibrant island off the coast of Donegal. Uh, the aim of this policy is to ensure that sustainable, vibrant communities can continue to live and thrive on the offshore islands for many years to come. It comes into effect July 1st. The goal is to refurbish vacant or derelict buildings on the islands into long-term homes as part of a broader initiative to revitalize life in the community on the islands and increase the population. Once the money's granted, it can only be used for redecoration, installing insulation, and structural improvements. In other words, mm. they'll give you the ninety-two grand, but you got to use it to do a fixer-upper on one of these shacks on the islands there in Ireland. But you know, it could it could happen. You know, so oh, oh by the way, something else to consider that while anyone can own property in Ireland, that doesn't necessarily guarantee the right to live there. You got to jump through some other. Mm. hoops to do that. So it's not quite as what it seems. cut and dried as it might appear. And you would probably expect that we're $92,000 is concerned. Uh, bad news from the Grand Canyon. You ever been to the Grand Canyon? I have not, but my dad's there right now, actually. Is he really? Yeah. Tell him to be careful if he's going to do the skywalk. Okay. A 33-year-old man who's a little bit younger than your dad fell 4,000 feet to his death oh, God. over the weekend. Um, the man was only identified as a 33-year-old male. He was on the skywalk at Grand Canyon West, and he just went over the edge, plunging into the canyon below, according to the Mojave County Sheriff's Office search and rescue thing. That's why, Craig, I will never do that. Have you ever been to the swinging bridge at Grandfather Mountain? Yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, <laughs> that's the worst feeling in the world. The mile swinging down, bridge. Just thinking if I fell right now, I'd be toast. Yeah. Yeah. Can, uh, cannot do that. Yeah. Um, the man's body was later transferred to the Hualapai Nation, which is a federally recognized Native American tribe located in northern, northwestern Arizona. Uh, they've been investigating the incidents. The Skywalk has seen more than 10 million visitors since 2007, but you're saying not for you. Is there like a railing or what is it? I'm looking at yeah, it up right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, see, no, it, if my chest can go over it, I'm no. You're not no, in. No, thank you. No, thank <laughs> you're you. You're not on board with it. I do not trust myself. In okay. That. How would you feel instead about visiting Antarctica? Hmm. I mean, it would take more than $92,000 to visit it, probably. Really? No, no, no. Just as a tourist to go. Yeah, I know. You know, it's become a kind of a tourist destination now. Okay. I knew somebody who did it. You have to go down all the way to the bottom of, I guess it's Chile, and then you take like an eight-hour boat ride to get over there. Now, some people fly in uh, to do it as well. And they've got something else going on there because, you know, it's Antarctica basically is a research area for scientists. Yeah. From many countries, including the UK. So uh, they have this this uh, thing by plane and boat where these uh, women come in and they run the post office in Antarctica. Um, so uh, 
They say more than a thousand Gentoo penguins live uh, there on the western side of the Antarctic Peninsula. It's about the size of a soccer field on this little bitty uh, island, and then right off of it, and then they come over. The scientific data is they study some of the penguins, and then they have the post office going there. But they said uh, these chosen candidates, there are five of them, for five months have to share a single bedroom. No running water, no internet, very little leisure time, just one day off every two weeks. They said it's a very intense experience, and there's the ever-present pungent pong of penguins. Hmm. At a certain point in the season, the snow goes, and it's not mud. It's all guano, seabird poop. And oh, there's a lot of it. Lovely. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but they have a long waiting list. A lot of folks want to do that deal. I don't know. Do you get? So, is it like a paid position, or yes. you just kind of okay? Yeah, it is that. I bet you probably get paid a, a good amount of money for that. Yeah, right? yeah. You would think. You'd hope so. There's a waiting list for it. Yeah, a lot of folks want to do it. Uh, okay, so graduations have been the norm of recent, and even those uh, late uh, spring into summer. End of school years. It's still happening, by the way, into June because a lot of uh, places up in the north and out west. Stanford was still in final exams when we were out there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, in Philadelphia, they had uh, a graduation where a 17 year old was denied her diploma for doing the gritty when she went across stage. Uh. So a 17 year old, Hafsa Abdur Rahman, uh, said. Uh, that uh, the Philadelphia High School for Girls warned students that their families could not cheer or clap when they walked across. But then there were several who did it. Uh, so when she went across, they wouldn't give her a diploma. They gave it to her afterwards. But so, when you went across the stage, couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Uh, that principle sucks. Yeah. Holy uh, cow. Uh, she says she was not alone. Three other girls didn't get their diplomas on stage, but all of them did after the ceremony. You're graduating. Do whatever you want, as long as it's appropriate. You're yeah. doing a great it's a stupid dance. Yeah. And then finally, remember the story we had last week about the woman who was in the coffin there in Ecuador? Yeah. And then she was like, hello. Hello, I'm still alive. Yeah, she, she, she actually did die. She actually did pass oh. away. Now, now, this over the weekend. She did. She did. How old was she? Seventy-six. She was. She was alive. She banged on the coffin, and they found her. Um, she'd spent a week hospitalized in critical care there, and uh, it was. She initially entered the hospital for a stroke and was reported dead once before, uh, and then they sent her <laughs> back in there. Uh, after she was banging on her own coffin at the wake. And it was weird because they were doing the wake four hours yeah, after she was yeah. pronounced dead. She's like, I'm not dead yet. Sounds like someone wanted her dead. Yeah, she had to go back to the hospital. So if this time for real, though, she's not going to be banging it again? They, I think they did a okay. thorough check this time. Uh, but she, yeah, she's passed away. So there it is. Allegedly. <laughs> we'll have more coming up here. Light the tower. On the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com.